the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sport in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, and Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. Now, your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman coming to you on a fantastic Saturday afternoon. And hopefully you have finished digesting your turkey by now. You've uh, had all the turkey you could eat, fell over, fell asleep, and just woke up from your turkey coma in time for, uh, for this radio show. So it's a fantastic Saturday. The day after black rifle friday so actually i hope you you woke up during your coma long enough to shop over vince Torres' store that's right and then <laughs> on black rifle friday and went right back to sleep right after that was done anyway joining me in the studio i have stan campbell stan campbell from ccw safe he was on with me last week but uh, we had so much fun we wanted to do it again immediately that's right and um, talk about some of the different parts of concealed carry he's going to be on later talking with that vince torres obviously here from bullseye sport he's our main sponsor we'd love to love to shop there so folks hopefully you were there yesterday if not is there anything left for sale nope you, you sold it all yes everything's done <laughs> glad to have you on the show vince you can leave thank now you, <laughs> thank you for having me i got rid of everything including the family kids all gone everybody <laughs> and empty then, and then also joining with me on the phone, coming in here from, uh, from the East Coast, we have Don West. Don is with CCW Safe. He's uh, their lead attorney, their national trial counsel, bringing a lot of uh, experience in defending you know, some of the national cases that we've seen as far as firearm use. He's been practicing criminal defense uh, lawyer for 35 years, and it was co-counsel with the Florida trial of, you may have heard of this guy, uh, George Zimmerman. <laughs> Did Jimmy, that ring a bell, anybody? So he was co-trial uh, counsel with George Zimmerman on the Trayvon Martin shooting. Defending the right to the accused is an intense media environment while fighting off negative public perception and politically motivated interference is all part of the experience that Mr. West brings to CCW safe. Don, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Glad to be joining you. You know, we, we talked right off the bat there that uh, some of your experience in the 35 years of criminal defense was with the George Zimmerman case. Now, that obviously was such a lightning rod for people's emotions and uh, right or wrong, and a lot of them, I think, were wrong, but it was such a lightning rod of emotions. One of the things that I've always been curious about, maybe you can, maybe you can talk about it, is what was the political motivation in there with the prosecutors on this case? Well, you know, an interesting aspect of this case that not everyone picked up on, and that is that a special prosecutor was appointed from outside the Orlando area, a special prosecutor appointed by the governor to the attorney general from Jacksonville. So, and who was the uh, attorney? Mark Merritt, who, who was the governor uh, at that time? Was that Christ? Rick, Rick Scott. Rick, Rick Scott. Scott. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. It was, a, as you pointed out, it was a highly charged, uh, politically driven case. We've always thought that it was politically driven. We had a lot of confidence in our local state attorney, but it wasn't too long after the case started that uh, Governor Scott appointed the special prosecutor, and we were sort of off to the races at that point. I don't think there was much choice. I think the charges were going to be filed one way or another, and I think what is sort of a telltale sign of that was that one of the first acts of the appointed prosecutor was to get rid of the grand jury that was set to uh, take a look at the case, and she decided to file the charges on her own, bypassing the grand jury system, which is legal in Florida, but uh, not always done, especially in high-profile cases. Unless they're highly motivated to get going with this. Now, you know, they they weren't going to take the heat. I think it boiled down to that. They were just not going to take the heat that they expected to come out of a decision not to charge George Zimmerman in this case. So instead, again, and this is one of the things that I think we need to point out, the fact is if you use your firearm in defense of your life, you're going to have a political you could have a political thunderstorm, firestorm coming down on, upon you. Reasons that are right or wrong or, or have nothing to do with that. But but they are going to come after you with everything they can. And they have unlimited resources on the government side. They'll, they'll charge you even when they probably shouldn't have. And, and I think that's what we saw here in Florida. Well, I think there's certainly... Uh especially when you have a situation that may have a racial component. And there's another aspect to this, and that is that at least from the public's perspective, certainly what the media fed them early on was that the um, the deceased Trayvon Martin was not armed. So the claim right off the bat was even if there was a fight, even if George Zimmerman was in fear, he brought a gun to a fist fight. And that's a very different dynamic, and I think one that just about anybody involved in that kind of scenario can expect to be arrested, frankly. I think that's a common attitude of a great number of prosecutors. Bring a gun to a fist fight, and you're going to get arrested. So his choices are to be beat up, then? And that's an acceptable alternative with, uh, with some of the prosecutors? Well, you know, the standard is pretty clear. And uh, it doesn't mean it's necessarily simple when you're facing this, but before you can use deadly force, you have to believe that you are about to get killed or seriously injured and that it's going to happen right then. And then you can meet that force with any force up to and including deadly force. What a, a common misperception is that you can't be in fear for your life, not a reasonable fear, if somebody doesn't have a weapon. And yet we all know that that's simply not the case. And I think in the George Zimmerman case, he was. He was on his back. He was being hit. His head had been hit into the cement. He had cuts on the back of his head. And at the moment that he felt he fired the shot, uh, I'm convinced, and nothing in the evidence or anything that's happened after the case has persuaded me otherwise that he thought he had no choice and that he had to shoot to save his life. So what happened if if he would have taken the gun away from Zimmerman and he's laying in the on the ground flat and he shoots him in the face three times with his with Zimmerman's gun, what would have been the outcome then? Well <laughs> Who gets blamed there? Zimmerman for bringing a gun to the fight still? 
or dissolve? Well, you know, it's you know, at the point that the gun is in the middle of a fight or a, a, an incident, then it's not Zimmerman's gun anymore. It's sort of the gun, isn't it? And whoever winds up with the gun has the advantage. I, I think under the scenario, the problem was that we've been describing is there was a lot of misinformation. All of the physical evidence supported the scenario that George Zimmerman gave. But what you're suggesting is, had uh, Trayvon Martin gotten the gun away and used it, then I suspect at that point that he very well should have been charged with murder. Whether he would have, I don't know. We'd have to take a look at the uh, other dynamics at play. Don, what, what made this thing get so immediately charged? I mean, you have a situation where a 17-year-old kid, uh, he was unarmed, but he's beaten on somebody and he's shot. I mean, that... Although it shouldn't happen, that doesn't seem like it should have caused a national firestorm. What whipped this thing up the way it the way it got? I think it was a perfect storm of sorts. There were a couple of things at play. One was that Zimmerman was not immediately arrested. Now, the truth of the matter is he was taken into custody and spent four or five hours at the police station before he was released. But the public saw him as someone who had gotten a pass. The other big dynamic, I think, was the way that the media presented this case right off the bat. If you try to remember the images of George Zimmerman that were first on television and in the newspaper, a big, burly guy, in fact, probably 80 or 100 pounds heavier than at the time of the incident, compared with the image of Trayvon Martin, which had been taken when Trayvon was at least two or three years younger, I think. He looked like he was 11 or 12 in this picture, and side by side with that image of George Zimmerman, frankly, it would be pretty hard for anybody to look at those two pictures and believe that Trayvon Martin, at that age, at the size, could have put George Zimmerman in reasonable fear for his life. That just was a complete misrepresentation, though, of who these guys were and completely misleading as to what was happening. So I think you put all that stuff together, you have a very aggressive and capable public relations machine on, on one behalf. side. And that was the whole thing is the, the capable public relations machine was... It was driven by the political winds. They were looking for something. They had the, I believe they had this set up where the case popped up. They said, this fits our bill. Let's push for it 100%. And, and they ran with it. And every, you know, CNN, MSNBC, every single show out there had the same headlines. They all had the same verbiage that they were using. They were talking about the same thing over and over again, just drilling it down and drilling it down. Then we had the White House jumping in, you know, well, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. You know, that, that was very, helpful, almost as helpful as when he said that the uh, police acted stupidly in another situation. Um, you know, they whipped it into a custom-made mm-hmm. event. Uh, folks, this well, is Phil, Phil, I got to cut to a break here, Don. I'm sorry about that. Philip Damon, Fireman yeah. Radio Show. We'll be back with Don West and CCW Safe right after this. Where can you find great Black Friday sale prices without camping out with all those crazies Thanksgiving night? 
Bullseye Sport. That's where. Their Better Than Black Friday blowout sale is going on now through November 27th with huge discounts on firearms and ammo, scopes, holsters, safety gear, cleaning supplies, knives, gun cases, and more. Now's the time to get that holiday gift for the hunting enthusiast in your life. The Bullseye Sport Better Than Black Friday blowout sale now through November 27th. Need 22 ammo? Enter to win a bucket of bullets, 1,400 rounds of 22 ammunition using your AM590 mobile app. Download it for Apple or Droid and click on the Bullseye ad to enter. No purchase necessary. Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo on Brockton in Riverside. 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Or BullseyeSport.com. 951-823-0211. Special deals cannot be combined with other offers. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the Firing Line Radio Show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, it's Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman here coming to you uh, from Saturday after Thanksgiving with our turkey, with our turkey coma. Anyway, uh, we have an extra holiday treat today. And that's Vince Torres from Bullseye Sports, our stalwart supporter and sponsor in studio. He has a special thanks for his audience today. Vince? Thanks, Phil. I want to thank all the families who allowed us to provide them with the firearms that helped them to protect their home this past year. Remember, before you shop for your personal protection firearm, I encourage you to come on down to Bullseye Sport in Riverside and speak with me, Vince, the owner, or one of the many good people at my store. You will receive a welcome and educational experience that will make you feel confident and comfortable in your firearm purchase. Bullseye Sport wishes you and your family a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and especially have a safe holiday season. That's awesome. Folks, give the gift of protection with a stocking stuffer from Bullseye Sport. Gift certificates can be purchased in custom amounts for your custom giving. Enter to win a bucket of bullets, 1,400 rounds of 22 ammo. 1,400. Vince, that's a ton. Yes. With Use your AM590 mobile app, download it on Apple or Droid, or click on the Bullseye ad to enter. No purchase necessary. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Thanks again for your support, Vince, at Firing Line Radio Show. You're welcome. Hey, Don, thank you for uh, hanging on there. We want to talk again. You've got so much experience in some of these nationwide shooting cases that we want to talk about. And as we went off that last segment, you made a point. I think it was actually off the air, but you did make a point that in a self-defense shooting, somebody does not have to be injured in order for it to be a justifiable shooting. No, that's right. Uh, In fact, I've tried several murder cases. The uh, prosecutor, of course, was charging murder. We were claiming self-defense, and there not only were no injuries, there was no physical contact. And that's not a prerequisite to a self-defense claim, even using deadly force against an unarmed attacker. The key, of course, is, is it reasonable? This is what the jury is going to do. They're going to take a look at the scenario. They're going to look and say, did you start it? How did this thing develop? And at the moment the decision to pull the trigger was made, was the fear of serious bodily injury or death reasonable? Did that person think it was going to happen right then? And based upon the abilities, the skill, the capabilities, capacities of the two individuals involved, 
absolutely. You do not have to be injured, but you do have to believe that if you don't act, you will be seriously injured or killed. You know, the stand your ground, we heard a lot of this, the castle doctrine in Texas and California and, and uh, the stand your ground laws. They were all such villainized that, wow, everybody's just going to be shooting someone and, and throw out the stand your ground defense. Oh, I was in fear of my life, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I think I did a little bit of reading this weekend, and uh, there's 64 or 66 cases that tried to use the stand your ground defense since George Zimmerman in, in uh, Florida. Is, it, is that about right? About right? And uh, what I heard, there was um, there was a study that was done in Jacksonville in the Duval County area. And that's really interesting, Phil, because that's the jurisdiction where the prosecutor was who was appointed in the Zimmerman case. Yes, I know the study you're talking about. And what they came out with was that four of them were eligible for the standard ground defense. Four of them were vindicated at trial, or acquitted at trial, I should say, and the other 58 were tried because they were just trying to use a bad excuse for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way it all came down. Isn't that about right, Don? Well, you know, a lot of people confuse stand your ground with self-defense immunity. Lawyers and judges mistake it, or they just get lazy and use the wrong words. But stand your ground has a very specific legal meaning, and it and it essentially means that you no longer have the duty to retreat. Uh, that's typically what you have to do in a self-defense scenario. You have to get out of there if you can safely do that before you resort to deadly force. I think what this article is talking about, which is even more significant, because it's referring to the self-defense immunity hearing, which is that's right, available sorry. in Florida. And um, that's called the Stand Your Ground Hearing. And all of the protests and many of the protests following the Zimmerman verdict and some of the other national cases have suggested that this self-defense immunity called Stand Your Ground is going to make it easy for people to shoot somebody else and get away with it. And this study proved that's absolutely not the case. Right. Almost all of the uh, individuals who raised the claim lost. That means the judge denied dismissing the case. And they either wound up with a plea bargain or they went to trial or they may have won or they may have lost. But it was a very small number of people that prevailed. Yeah, four. Four out of 66, I think it was, was the number. Right, yes. Uh-huh. Now, what about here in California? We're talking about Florida and maybe some other states. Where do we stand here in California? I mean, what are the cases, if, if you've ever heard of any or been involved, what is the outcome here in California? If you happen to use a firearm for the purpose of self-defense, let's say you have a CCW. You know, I've had I've had numerous people on uh, attorneys, Michelle and Associates, and you are going to, here's what's going to happen in California. Unless it's an absolutely dream team that shows up as a detective, you're going to spend the night in jail. <laughs> you're going to lose your fo- possession of your firearm. You're going to make the newspapers. You're going to uh, have an arraignment of some kind, or at least a booking. They're, they're going to throw the book at you. You are going to be guilty until proven innocent in California, especially if you do something in L.A. County, San Diego County, any of these major anti-gun counties. They're going to come after you, you know, all over the place. And that's why you have to have, 
you have to have a backup plan. Number one, save your life. Let the chips fall where they may. Oh, right? yeah. mm-hmm. So you protect your family. You protect your life. You do the right thing there. But, you know, Stan, I, I would kick it over to you here. Yes, when sir. all those things happen, what's your next step? Well, you know, before you take your next step, and, 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 I, and I see where you're going with this, but everyone really has to understand that taking a life is not free, number right. one. So you have to prepare yourself to defend self and others. And that's with training and, and having all the proper gear, continual training and the right mindset, you know, to be a responsible, you know, uh, gun owner and the person with a, a concealed carry permit. Um, when you go into the next step of that and you, you're forced to defend your, your life, let me back up a little bit because it, this is we're after Thanksgiving and we're coming up on Christmas. Awareness is very important. Preparedness is important. Um, being aware of your surroundings um, when you go to these different places. Trying not to put yourself in a position where you get into a self-defense shooting is number one. So by being aware, you see something going down, you might want to move away and become a, uh, a good witness versus an involved person, especially here in California, as you can see. Uh, it should be the last resort before you put yourself in a position to pull the trigger and, and take care of your family, get them out of the way. Um, but when you do, um, th- that's why it is important to have a, a, a service like ours. Uh, there's others out there. But, you know, we surround ourselves with a team of people just like Don West. And we make sure we have the industry leaders to give you the best chance to survive the aftermath of your shooting, because that is the true next fight. Y- you've already lived through your first fight. Now it's it's time for the second. So um, it's coming whether it, you've it, done it anything is. wrong or not. It's it, coming. Exactly. Um, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, back in 2010, when we thought about CCW safe, uh, is because we, the trend started getting, and this was before Zimmerman. So it, it was, the trend was that you defend your life and then you get victimized a second time by an attorney, attorney or the, the family members. Right. And, uh, and, and so then you had to defend your life and you got to defend your pocketbook. And, um, uh, it was sad. And, and we saw that occurring and we said, you know, something needs to be done about this. And that's one of the reasons why we created our service. So, you know, you need to make sure if you're carrying, if you're carrying your weapon, which I believe every good citizen should be, if you're carrying your weapon, um, as you choose to, but you have to make sure that you're covering yourself on the backside. Like you said, you're, you've got one fight that you didn't ask for up front. And then the second one is just forever. That's correct. It's you know, look at the, how fundamentally changed was Zimmerman's life. Yeah, I mean, and you, you absolutely changed your life yeah. forever. Yeah, and he he won he won the battle and he lost the war. Correct. Yeah, that's that's what happened there. Um, I'd like to hold you on for one more segment, if I if I could here, uh, Don. I want to talk about some of the things that have gone on uh, nationally with our, our D.C. mayor Kathy Lanier, as she's come out and said a few things. And we've got a, a local event that happened here that ties right into that. So if you could hold with us for one more segment, we'll pick you back up. This is Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our Facebook page and FiringLineRadio.com. Pull. Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado 
Running Gun Club. Blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. It is Mulan Lave Saturday. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and a wonderful time there. I wanted to bring up a news story, and this is hit. This is hit internationally. You know, we saw what happened in Paris and uh, how the cowards attacked unarmed people. Matter of fact, they attacked a concert from the balcony, which means that they shot everybody in the back. All right, that's the kind of top quality people we're dealing with—just absolute scumbags. And they found unarmed people, which probably, you know, used the mackerel defense, kind of huddled into a group to try and be the last one who, who survived being shot there and it's it's tragic these these people are absolute cowards of the worst degree and they need to be stopped but we saw what happened in paris it's happened here some of the studies that i've seen is if a if a mass shooting stops by a civilian the casualties meaning injured or dead is uh, averages about 2.1. If it's stopped by a police officer, the number of casualties is in the 14s. Mm-hmm. So that is simply because of the time involved, not that the police do a worse job. They're just not there. Absolutely. And uh, Don, I wanted to get your take on this because we have a noticeably anti-gun ownership city called Washington, D.C., and their chief of police, Kathy Lanier, was on 60 Minutes last weekend. And what did she have to say? Do you remember that? I did. I saw most of that segment, and I did a double take when I heard her talking because exactly in the climate that you've described, um, Chief Lanier said that in the past we always told people, don't take action, call 911, don't intervene, but that we live in a different time now and that this is a different scenario, and because of how long it takes, even under the best circumstances for law enforcement to get there, she was suggesting that if the armed citizen is in a position to to take out the shooter, that um, she suggested they go ahead and do it. 
quite a quite a change from uh, what I know about the past advice. Especially in Washington, D.C. Do you think she's got job resumes out now? Yes, I'm saying that she still have a job or how long, how much longer before she... Does she not know who runs that town? But this is something that happened here last week in the city of Redlands. Um, a gentleman, a gentleman was on the scene, and a, a shooting happened. It broke out in North Redlands, and this guy was going off in an apartment complex. The person made a phone call into the nine one one dispatch and reported the crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sheltering behind a a, a wall and. The person came into view, and he said, I have a firearm. I've got the shot. Can I take it? He was told to stand down, holster his weapon, and not engage. Mm-hmm. Now, a lady died in that shooting. I don't know if it happened before or after, but why, why, would, our, why would our dispatch people tell somebody, not to engage. Hey, Don, can I jump in real quick? You know, Please, you're much better than I at responding right. to this. Um, you know, I did 20 years with Oklahoma City Police Department and also 10 years on the Steve, SWAT you're team. you're like 26 years old. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Stop. I, know. I got good skin. Well, you know, the thing about that, you have to understand, when, when you do call 911, it's probably going to be a civilian that you're talking to, not a police officer. So if you ask someone, can I take the shot, the civilian is definitely not going to tell you to do something like that. Um, when you're in a um, life-threatening situation, in a deadly force situation, you should not be asking permission to utilize your weapon. You know, we, I talked about this with that person, and, I, and uh, he said, dude, I do not want to be a George Zimmerman. Correct. Now, have ha- had he taken that shot after the PD told him not to, then what happens to him, right? He directed to participate. You know what I mean? That's correct. He, his life is a firestorm. Well, it's, I mean, like I said in the, in the segment before, I mean, it doesn't matter. Your life's going to absolutely change if you pull the trigger. But if you don't follow through with what the authorities tell you to do, especially after you ask, what should I do? And they say, stand down and you don't, then you're going to put yourself in a, a, a worse situation. Um, in that particular situation, if he had the shot and he felt that, he could save lives. This was active shooter situation or, you know, just in defense of life or himself or another. He should take the shot because he feels the need to do so. It's the right thing to do. So we've and got, it's legal. And we have some, you know what? So he shouldn't ask. Because asking Absolutely. Puts, puts you in the situation. Yes. By asking. If, if you have time to ask, you have time. Well, he was on. Ask, you, you have time to leave. Yeah, I think, I think his situation was he was on the phone with him reporting the crime and the guy walked like he he wasn't in the area and then the guy Again. was so yeah you know absolutely no, no one by phone is going to give you permission to take a life so i mean you you have to know that it's the time and you have to do it and stand behind your decision but you know once again you have to be legal now now here we have redlands out here mm-hmm. on the west coast and dc is saying we need people out there to defend i, mean, I just find that amazing dichotomy that uh washington dc has the anti-gun mayor there mm-hmm. is is uh, saying one thing, and then we do have an anti-gun police chief here in Redlands too. But um, so, well, a, sim- yeah. a similar scenario happened uh, a couple of years back. I don't know how far back, but uh, with a girl that she was with the baby and the dog in in uh, in, the, in her home. I think it was like a trailer or something, and two guys wanted to come in, and she was on the phone telling them, and he asked the you know lady, "I have a shotgun. You know, what should I do?" and the smart answer was, 
you you do whatever it takes for you to save that baby and yourself. And mm-hmm. she did. She pulled the trigger and cut the guy in half. See, I think that's the right answer. Exactly. And, and that's, that's, that's what I think that the dispatch should have said. It says, if you are... Yeah. If you yeah, have the ability to stop, because she's sitting down in a safe location, she's going to say, "Don't, don't shoot." Well, he says, "Wait, the manual says." Let me flip sixteen <laughs> A. Yeah, but once again, Phil, like even in that situation, um, you're asking permission to defend the life of your your child. That doesn't make sense to me. If she says, "Don't do anything," and you still pull the trigger, right. now you have all this recorded. You know, they right. said not to pull the trigger, and you did it anyway. So you you still set yourself up for failure for asking permission to defend your life. Now that that is true. But, you know, again, somebody short circuits, the, the mouth overrides mm-hmm. the brain uh, on a telephone. And, you know, it. whatever happens on there is recorded forever. How, were the, did they ever happen to maybe listen to the 911 tapes in the Zimmerman case there, uh, Don? Like over and over and over again, right? There were two tapes that were really important. The first one was the call that Zimmerman made to the non-emergency line, and that captured about four minutes of the beginning of the scenario, and then that disconnected, and then there was only a minute or so where there was no recording, because in the background, when the arguing and uh, George Zimmerman started screaming for help started, a neighbor called 911, so there's about 40 seconds of the scuffle and George Zimmerman screams before you can clearly hear the shot at the end. And you raise an interesting point with your discussion here. One hotly contested issue was whether George Zimmerman was told by the dispatcher to stay in the car and that he disregarded that and got out anyway. Uh, That wasn't factually correct, as it turned out, but that was a very much a hot-button issue in the car, or a hot-button issue in the case was that he disregarded the dispatcher's direction. Are you under any obligation to follow what a dispatcher says? Common sense would suggest you ought to give it some pretty serious thought, but in this instance, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know, no, Zimmerman wasn't legally obliged to stay in his truck, but um, no, he wasn't being given an order by a police officer who was, you know, in, in charge of the scene or anything like that. I, I do want to make a comment um, for you listeners out there. Don't don't let this conversation that we have in here today discourage you from doing what you need to do to protect yourself. Uh, I know this is all scary and you're going to go, okay, should I get a gun now? Should I get a CCW? What's going to happen? Well, you know, each circumstances has its own uh, finish. We have no idea. Uh, mm-hmm. But don't let this discourage you in, in protecting your your yourself and especially your family. I have two kids, a wife, and now a, a, a grandson, and you know, I don't care what it takes. I'm protecting my family first. Let the court, hopefully, you know, the best will come out. You never know, but don't get discouraged by that because you know, at least you have a battle. If you're six feet under, you know, who cares now, right? <laughs> so right. at least uh, you're there to fight, and and hopefully, you know, we we'll get a you get a good judge and. A, good set of people up there that will say you know what we have to end this and you know and this guy's gonna win because he did what he thought he was best and it is the best especially when that when the criminal has when the guy is a criminal and that's the part that really bothers me the guy's a could protected have a, class it's like an epa exactly bird. you know it makes <laughs> it sound like i'm the criminal because i protected my family when i was doing nothing but minding my own business wait till you get sued for loss of income 
because his professional job was a criminal. And that's how he protected. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's it's. I know. I wish I was making this crud up. You're right, but yeah. please don't be discouraged. Uh, you know, uh, we live in a dangerous world, and it's getting more dangerous. So, and if you let Mr. Boombeam bring in more of those uh, Syrians here, then stuff really is going to get ugly here. So what you're saying is, get protection. Yes, and get protection. Yes. Amen. Hey, Firing Line Radio Show, we'll be right back after this. Don, thank you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Don. Are you in the firearms industry, a law enforcement or military background, or just a gun enthusiast with a desire to train others to develop firearm knowledge and skills? Become an NRA certified instructor in pistol, rifle, and shotgun with training at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. Classes are now being offered. This training is not available everywhere, and all training is done in-house. To preserve our gun rights, all gun owners need to be properly trained. More certified NRA instructors are needed to train train the multitude of new gun owners and proper gun safety and training. Become a certified NRA instructor. Call Riverside Indoor Shooting Range for information about the courses being offered and enroll today. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the place for you. Whether you're an expert marksman or you've never shot a gun but want to learn, call the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. 951 951-353-0001. 951-353-0001. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the Firing Line Radio Show is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and by Moppin Financial Advisors. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey, folks, I hope you're being entertained. I hope you're being educated, and I hope you're being protected. And, uh, you know, this is the second in two weeks time uh, shows that we're talking about, CCWs, we're talking about protection. Um, it's absolutely important. As you just heard, this was the co-attorney Don West on from the George Zimmerman case. Can you think of a worse case you'd want to be involved in? Does anybody, anybody want to be George Zimmerman? No, right? Not me. What a firestorm, a hellacious hell he's had, right or wrong or whatever. But since then, since that day, that man's life has been drugged through the mud. And uh, whether he's reacted well or not, I don't think he has, but that's... yeah. What do you do with that kind of pressure 24-7? A lot, yeah. I feel uh, the last little things he's done is kind of brought up on himself, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the truth. I, I'm not there. So, But I guess he's done, also he's done pretty dumb decisions after the fact. Right. Mm. So, again, it, get your protection and then get your protection. I'm throwing up CCW Safe. I think it's something that you should have. And uh, it's pretty inexpensive. What's your, what's your cost? Uh, right, right now, for a single membership, it's $99 a year. Um, and duels, $150 a year. Um, so we really do take care of you. It's probably um, uh, maybe about 50 to $100 less than some of the insurance products that are out there. Yeah, and, and it covers criminal. Correct, criminal and civil. So we, we take care of your attorneys, your investigators, and your your, um, your expert witness cost. So all of that, that serious out-of-pocket expense that you would have during the trials. So and, we take care of that. But it, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, okay, fine. It does matter cost. <laughs> it okay. does matter. But, but when you go as far as getting a CCW and you're going to carry all, all those things you got to put it aside and say, you know, if I'm going this far, might as well complete the package and protect your butt. Yeah, get Don't do something, ha- you know, because it's going to come back and, and bite you. So, you know, you just don't buy a gun and throw it on your belt. I mean, you buy a proper holster. You Correct. buy proper clothing. You do all of the all of the above. You know, it's like a, a cop. 
a cop doesn't go from, uh, you know, I want to be a cop and wear jeans and hangs his gun on, on his neck. He has to wear, you know, proper gear. So I think we have to do the same thing to carry CCW. You have to have all the, all the, all of the above and make a list. If you don't know the list, Make a list. You know, you got gun already. You need a holster. What Vin- to wear? Go see Vince. You've got sure. Vince yeah. is the list, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. We can we can help you with that there in the store too. But you know, do your homework. Uh, go online. There's uh, there's uh, there's a couple of catalogs you can join and, and read stories and get involved because your whole life is going to change yeah. from one day to another. You know, a lot of people have said, "Well, I have homeowners insurance," but this is the one thing that I learned that just blew me away and why I started looking into these these programs mm-hmm. is that. Your homeowner's insurance covers you for accidents, right? but defending yourself with a weapon, defending your life and your home with a weapon is considered a purposeful act. Correct. Which it doesn't cover you for, or it may pay, but after the fact, after you've had to clear your About 90% of them won't cover a self-defense shooting. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, say, like uh, let's say you don't want to have a CCW. You don't need that insurance. Uh, no, no, just your home insurance. Point. You're missing the point, oh. Vince. What you have to say is, okay, I accidentally shot the intruder. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the phone call to the insurance agent. Yeah. <laughs> I was cleaning my gun when the intruder came in, and he accidentally walked in front of the bullet. I don't know what happened. But, you know, it's like, uh, even, even if you buy a gun, one gun, um, you know, the NRA offers insurance for guns because it's different. Remember, you're in California, so a lot of the home insurance are going to say, oh, we don't want to touch that. Mm-hmm. So there's other you know, avenues to take. The NRA has insurance. You know, the, these guys here, CCW Safe. There's so many out there. Do your homework. Ask questions. Feel free to call the Phil Neyman at home. He'll give you his phone number in a few minutes here. Yeah, okay. But get informed. I mean, I cannot emphasize anymore in, in getting informed when you decide to have a firearm. That's correct. Whether you're going to carry it or not or CCW, just the, the moment you buy a firearm, you have to, your whole life is going to change. You need, if, if you have kids, if you don't, so on and so forth. Uh, it just doesn't end by just buying a firearm and say, I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm sure. You know, you mentioned something a little bit earlier about just taking a gun and putting it in your belt. I know you were just teasing about that. But carrying your firearm in a concealed manner is extremely important. And, you know, Stan, you have 20 years of police force on that. What, yes, do, you, what do you recommend on that? Well, um, well, first of all, of course, if you're going to conceal carry like most of us will, um, Every body type is different. So you have to think of it, you know, uh, you got to take care of three things uh, um, primarily. Will this, uh, pistol the quality, make, yeah. will this pistol make me look fat? Stop it. <laughs> yes, just like the jeans, Phil. So a quality holster must have a, a true balance between concealment and accessibility. It should also be comfortable enough for you to wear. So you have to think about that. And um, the last one that you really have to think about is you being able to control it, you know, so that someone can't just pull it away from you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you, you have to really kind of, and, and, and kind of changes with the weather as well. So you might have to have a summer holster, right. and then a winter exactly. holster. You might uh, need more than one. If you're if you're in a suit, or you're going to go jogging in your uh, exactly tight shorts or whatever the case may be. So you, where are you going to put the gun at? And then what size of gun do you have? You know, you might absolutely. have more than one gun in your CCW. Like for instance, Riverside, you can have up to six firearms in your CCW. So lucky, you know, you you might put a you know a small one, a medium size, a large, and you have to you know. That's right. It's no different than uh, you know 
accessorizing. I found that titanium guns go well with my herringbone herringbone suits. <laughs> just thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, people ask me, what is the best holster? Well, I can name off a hundred different brand names, but mm. it's not the brand name. It's it's what holster fits comfort with you. Well, let's I talk mean, about some of the general ways people carry. Now, in the old days, um, you had to be cool with the shoulder rig. And oh, yeah, right. Six-inch Model yeah, 29 right, 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 underneath. James Bond. No, no, that's Clint Eastwood. Oh, so, well, yeah, that's good. You know, but shoulder rigs are really out of favor and, and out of style, I would say. And here in Southern California, it's so hot, it's too you, hot. you have no cover yeah. garment. So, yeah. um, And the other style that uh, was real popular back in the day was the Scorpio, I think it was called, uh, series, where the pistol, it's usually semi-autos, would hang horizontally Horizontal. underneath right. your arm. Mm-hmm. And so the barrel was always pointing at whoever was behind you. Correct. So <laughs> That's an accident waiting to happen unless you practice quite a bit. You might just pull that trigger before you pull the gun out of the holster. You could have that and yeah. not know where the round goes or you're, you have to sweep your left arm right. yeah. if you're right-handed you know, every and, time. And that's another thing too. If you decide to carry a gun, you have to practice with a gun hopefully empty. Mm-hmm. And depending on your carrier, reach in and pull the gun to see how it feels. Because you might wind up pulling the gun and pulling the trigger before it even clears your holster. And here you go. You're going to have a, a hole in your shoe. or Hopefully, you're not going to kill anybody because your gun will still be pointing to the ground. But it could also have an accident. So you got to practice That's right. uh, without ammo. And once you get you know safe enough, then you should practice with ammo. You can't probably... Or, or shoot the IDPA, which is a great way to do that. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Now, the other way to carry it is... is in most of us, because we're not wearing jackets out here, except for this time of year, right? And over the belt, outside the pants outside. holster, almost is too bulky. Mm-hmm. Y- you would need to have a big bulky jacket to conceal that, also. Right. So in Southern California, we're really looking at an inside the waistband holster for mm-hmm. most applications, mm-hmm. unless you, like I said, you've got a, a jacket, and so then that dictates um, gun size. Yeah, right. you're gonna put size. a you're gonna put a Glock 21 in your waistband. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you know if you're you know if uh, your waist. I mean, uh, you might have to get a uh, a pair of jeans just one hair bigger because uh, if it fits your snug, once you put that gun in there, you, you're gonna be really uncomfortable. That's right. And when you sit in your car, that gun is moving all over the place on you. So you got to practice a lot of things. You got to do it at home. You know, in your garage. Hopefully, you know, put a gun on, get in your car, and see if you can get in and get out without the gun falling down or accidentally Just going gouging. off. It shouldn't go off. Yes. It shouldn't go off because well, the, you most know, that's, of your guns are... It's, it shouldn't go off because you never want to have a gun inside of your pant line that's not in a holster. Right. And every quality holster, you should have no obstructions in the trigger area right. and your trigger completely sealed. So there is no way a booger picker can get in there and hit <laughs> the trigger yeah. while it's in... The holster. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you know, Vince, he, he spoke on something a minute ago, which is really important. Um, when you get into your vehicles to actually practice and see, you know, how the, the gun is going to fit. And can you get to it if you're attacked or ambushed in your is, car. is also important in your car. So can you get it out and is it accessible, Right. you know, from not just getting in and out, not falling out, but being able to pull it if you need to defend yourself. Right. Anybody carry appendix carry? I used to because I worked undercover. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's probably the best placement, but it's always the scariest one. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you have a discharge, you're you're done because yes. your femoral arteries right yeah, in that that's general area. But uh, it seems to be the, probably the the less obtrusive place. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys 
you're shopping or whatever, you're at the store, you reach across for something and you have it on the back of your help, right. your hip. You know, the other thing is a cover garment is extremely important, that it is loose enough and usually not one color. You don't yes. want a light color and you don't want it to, you want to have a pattern in whatever you're wearing, which is why the cops are the guys in these bowling shirts that are loose fitting at the hips. Mm, that's correct. I, I'm just saying. And also, uh, and we're talking here pretty much, we just finished talking about all these scenarios and we're pretty much talking about men. Women, you you really have to do your homework because there are purses out there that are. You might have to, you know, you you might be one of those ladies that want to have these nice expensive purses. We're not discriminating. It's men, women, and whatever (laughs) whatever whatever else. But they do make purses for women that carry conceal, and they're specially made for that. Look into that. Absolutely. Folks, I want to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, Don West joined us earlier. Stan Campbell, Vince Torres. Guys, glad you joined us after Thanksgiving. Uh, You look like you need to get out on the jogging track again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good time. Thanks, folks. Have a good weekend. Thank you. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sport in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, and Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.